Welcome back to Coward's Fury. I'm Chris here with Charles, and we're going to get into a new case today. So today's case involves a man that's probably not super widely known, but he was definitely dangerous nonetheless. So you excited? Yeah? I can see by the look in your eye. I'm excited. Okay. Michael Madison. So Michael Madison was born October 15th. 1977 in East Cleveland, Ohio. His parents were Diane Madison and John Baldwin. No relation to the Baldwin brothers. Probably not. Probably not. Or Billy Madison. Definitely not Billy Madison. But that's a good call. I'm just making sure. No, I appreciate the clarification. Okay. It's important. Madison was an unwanted pregnancy, and right out of the gate, his father denied he was Madison's father at all, and he would have nothing to do with him. That makes me sad. Diane Madison is not likely to win any, you know, Mother of the Year awards either. She had her own troubled youth and eventually became a heroin addict and a sex worker. Sex worker? You mean a prostitute? Yes. The more appropriate term is sex worker nowadays. I mean, politically correct. I'm going with prostitute, but I respect the sex worker comment. Excellent. Prostitute. So she did not allow Madison to have friends over to their house or to go over to other friends' houses or even to celebrate holidays or birthdays. Wait, was she a Jehovah's Witness or a sex worker? <laughs> Sorry, prostitute. Wait. I don't know. All so the, she's a prostituting Jehovah's Witness. You know, I think it sounds like that. All right. It could be. I'm just putting, I'm wrapping my brain around this whole thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, either way, regardless of which of those, um, it must have been pretty isolating and frustrating for him. His only real relationship while he was growing up was with his mother and his half-brother, and the multitude of boyfriends that she traipsed in and out of their lives. Like customers? Um, they, Some of them could have been. Got it. But they were also boyfriends Sorry. and things like that, too. They're called Johns. Or is that wrong? No, no, that's, I think, the proper term. Sex worker solicitor? Prostitute and John. Okay. <laughs> when Michael was just two years old, his mother forced him to eat until he vomited. She then threw him in a, uh, t- into a scalding bath to clean him off to get the vomit off of him. And he started to scream because you would if you were a toddler in a scalding hot bath. Not cool. Nope. To punish him for screaming, she took him out and beat him with an extension cord. Uh, later that mm. same year, Michael had to be taken to the hospital for a large bruise and injury to his forehead. When Michael was three... Uh, one of his mother's boyfriends beat him mercilessly with a belt to the point where the boy vomited and required hospitalization. He even lost hearing in one of his ears. At one point, Child Protective Services, who were not strangers to the Madison household, found contusions, abrasions, and swelling on his penis. Ugh. Not mother of the year. No. I, I think you were right on that one. Yeah. yeah. They took him from his mother and placed him with his grandmother for a time until his mother received counseling. I think his mother maybe needed more than just counseling. Just a thought, but the abuse didn't stop, unsurprisingly. Again, in 1982, Michael was hospitalized, this time for dehydration. So he was back with his mother? Yeah, they put him back so with his Cleveland mother. So Cleveland dropped the ball. Cleveland, social workers dropped the ball on this. Yeah. Right they, here. They did. We already know this is about not a good person that's murdering people and doing things. It's true crime. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you, you know... You could have stopped right there. I You know, when I read about these people who do bad things... And I hear about their his, their histories and their past. Like you can feel bad for them as a child, but they still grew up to do shitty things. Yeah. So I'll just say I feel bad for Mike and uh, the prostitute mom. And and I'm I'm not loving Cleveland social worker people right now. I'm sure y'all are overworked if you're listening, but mm, they dropped it. Well, dropped the book. Not cool. This was in the early '80s. Still so, not cool. So things were were a little different. But okay. 
Um, at any rate, the, the kid just continued to be a frequent flyer yeah, at Mount terrible. Sinai Hospital. Right. So Madison doesn't seem to recall the full extent of his abuse. Uh, and I'm no psychiatrist or psychologist, but psychological experts say that disassociating from abuse during childhood is not unusual. But it also put Madison in Madison's mind in a place that, where he could control things, a place maybe where he hated women. His mother neglected him and abused him and refused to nurture him. And this could have resulted in Madison's disdain for women. A former girlfriend would repeat report that Michael would say to her that he quote unquote hates the female species. All right, it's already happening. He hates the female species. I think yes. we know. I think we know where this is going. You're not going to say the extension cord thing. I never, I never knew about that until I was a kid. And like, I had a friend and was like, he, he, he just was like the, 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 the he would call it the extension cord because his mom called. I'm, I'm going to grab the extension cord. And I, I didn't understand. Like, I didn't know. So she beat him with an extension cord? Well, I mean, in that case, like, when he, you know, like... Or, like, was, just whooped him? Well, yeah, because he would always do things that were bad. And he oh. maybe ended up in jail. But, look, he was a good guy. He didn't do this kind of stuff. My point is, the extension cord is real, and it hurts, and it's not it's not okay. So, not for a like, it's, it, it kind of sticks with you. Like, yeah. or, or anybody, probably. No, but not especially, like, a little tiny... What's wrong with the old toddler? willow tree thing? Get a switch from the willow tree. I don't know. I'm not really about capital punishment. Or well, that's cor- like a farmer. punishment thing. myself. Okay. I, look, I was spanked as a kid, but... No stension cords. No stension cords. All right. So, by age 16, Madison was essentially homeless, just really sleeping wherever he could. By the age of 17, Madison was charged with inappropriately touching a classmate and delinquency. Pretty sure the first part is the worst part. <laughs> they just like threw the delinquency on there. At the age of 20, he was sentenced uh, for drugs. And a few years after that, he was convicted of rape. There we go. Yeah, it escalated. Mike. Big Mike. Yep. Not a nice young man. I mean, you know, I'm going to just call him Big Mike moving on myself. Okay. Because like I'm thinking like BM, like bowel movement, <laughs> like a piece of shit. Yeah. All right. Anyway. I'm there with you. In October of 2001, Madison snagged an 18-year-old woman and dragged her behind a house and tried to rape her. A police officer, good on him, happened to pull up and Madison ran. He was later arrested and pleaded guilty to attempted rape. He was ordered to complete treatment for sex offenders, which he did, and after which he was released and placed on the sex offender list. He listed his address as his mother's house, not the sort of beat up pile of crap where he was actually living on Hayden Avenue in East Cleveland. All right. For anyone that's like thinking, like I visualize things when I'm, when I'm listening to stories and reading stories, this is not like the Cleveland. Um, I did like a street view on this. It's not like a Christmas story. That's where like it, it was shot in Cleveland. So like, it's not this great, like, so there was no electric sex lamp in the window. <sighs> Wait. Okay. There she may, was a there prostitute. May, oh, oh, what's her name? She she may have had it had one of those, and Big Mike might have one, but with an extension cord wrapped around it or something. But at the end of the day, like this is not that picturesque like neighborhood in Cleveland you might maybe be, perhaps be thinking of. It's yeah, a little beat tough. up pile of crap. Was that what you said? I did. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. So and I like. Hold on, I like the cop. Yeah. Like he's just hanging know, out. That's what I said. He's Good drinking, on him. This guy's drinking some Irish coffee in the morning. Da, and he's with a donut? I don't know. I'm not judging. <laughs> I'm just saying he's got to get through the day. And he's like, oh, is this guy doing this thing? All right. Uh-huh. I'm going to break this up. So, all right. Hats off to that. Yep. Good job, Cleveland cops. Yep. At least this, this, this round. At least this time. Madison continued to be involved in drugs and other crimes. In May of 2013, 
Brittany Darby, a girlfriend of Madison's, was uh, in his gross place and asked Madison about the gross smell that was coming from a closet in his apartment. Should I say this is gross right now? Um, oh. It's going to get A lot gross. of grossness. It's pretty gross. There's gross. a lot of grossness. That's gross. He told her that two raccoons had died back in there. What <laughs> Just a stupid like left story. There. <laughs> hey. hey, yo. Two raccoons died in that closet. Right. It's like, what? It's no. called It's called a dead body. Yeah. I, well, is it? I, I mean, it's. Well, uh, let's face it's, it. It's a dead body. It's a dead yeah. body. Yeah. When she pressed Big him Mike. For, yeah, Big Mike. When she pressed him further, Madison said crossly, you don't want to see that. My, my mic voice isn't as good as yours, by the way. My big mic. We don't even know what the guy sounds like, but he you don't want like, to see that. That was better. The murdering, murdering like big Mike. So right, you don't want to see that. Something like got that. got two dead raccoons back there. Well, he's not like Mr. T. No, Mr. T is cool. Yeah, he is cool. He's more like oh, I don't know. There's two raccoons. Maybe. Yeah, the girlfriend. Oh, yeah, okay. the girlfriend. It was like pure trope. Good job, Brittany. Could, so, you know what? Brittany could have stopped it right there too. She she could. But I, maybe I don't know. If, I was it thinking like about he that. He was kind of be a guy to be like afraid of, though. So all along the way, like there's a lot of lot of times you can do the right thing, everybody. It's true. Later he, that week, Darby could still smell the stench, and she questioned Madison again, but he just sort of gruffly confirmed that it was dead raccoons. A few days later. So I, I just want to point out that all your research is legit and accurate. But I'll just make I things try. up. I, I really I try. think he grabbed the stension cord and was like, you got a question about my raccoons? And she's like, no, no, sir. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. A few days later, uh, two different girlfriends, because somehow a guy like this gets a lot of girls. How does Big Mike have multiple girlfriends? I don't know. How many guys out there are like, I'd like to have more than one? I mean. A lot what? of guys are like, I just want one. You know what? Mike probably didn't have the best quality girl. To anyone out there that's feeling that way, low quality. Well, he may not have been all that high quality himself. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, so, I think, yeah, we, we're in agreement. Yeah. So these two girlfriends happened to notice that Madison had some deep scratches and a foul odor in his apartment. From, from the, the goddamn, goddamn raccoons. raccoons. Yeah. Yes. He brushed off their questions by saying he got into a fight with a girl that jumped him and she scratched him and that the foul odor was likely just a dead animal. Two raccoons. Two raccoons, to be and precise. By the way, everybody out there, I bet everybody listening has never been jumped by a girl and scratched. The girls that I think might potentially jump me are like, I mean, they're tough. They've got like brass knuckles and they have steel toe shoes and or stilettos or something. I, I'm just you, saying. You know girls like that? I, in my mind, a oh, girl that would jump me. I understand. Would not just scratch me. There'd be more. There'd be worse. It'd be worse. I get the. I get your your ass would be kicked. Oh, I get I get bitch slapped. Yeah, okay. I I get it would be. It, I'm I, glad we were clear on that. I will. I probably would not come out the victor in said scuffle. Okay. Oh, you're pretty tough. Not compared to the girls that might jump me. Yeah. All right. Fair, so fair big. Well, all I'm trying to say is, Big Mike, uh-huh. his lies are weak. Yes, they are. Well, on July 19th of 2013, police officers responded to calls of a foul smell. Shockingly. In the area around where Madison was living, cable company workers who worked for a cable company, which the cable company was below where Madison was living. So it was like under his living quarters. So business on the bottom, residential on the top. They uh, noticed a smell from behind the building. So they called the police. A garage that Madison and some the others... The smell of death. Yeah. Yes. And in that garage that, that Madison, as well as other people used... They discovered the decaying body of a woman. What a dipshit. I'm going to put the body in a garage. I'm not sure he's going to win any awards for being the sharpest tool in the shed. Just saying. 
I mean, I guess the garage is better than the closet, right? He was getting well, sniffed out by all the girls. In the all the girlfriends were like, "I smell, I smell things." Oh, it's a dead raccoon. So he just genius. I'm gonna move that shit right to the garage. Right. Okay, that's shared. The next day, they discovered two more bodies: one in the backyard under a brush pile, and one in the basement of an abandoned building about 15 to 20 yards from the brush pile. Can you guys see this, like on some really crappy show on TV, like a brush pile? I'm gonna drag a body under a brush pile. I know. It's... Like, like what was that? Leaves and random like sticks. Probably, yeah. Ingenious. Yeah, ingenious. I mean, at least so. There's some statistics about landfills, right? Like. In any given landfill, there's a percentage of bodies. Like, that's a fact, right? I, yeah, do you know what? I don't know what that number is, do you? Oh, did, did you look it up? I totally have no idea. <laughs> but the point is, is there is a number. We will look it up. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to look it up right now. The point is, put it in the damn trash can and hope that it makes it to the landfill. Yeah. Well, okay, so we'll look that up later. But let me back up. The bodies were found wrapped in garbage bags and sealed with tape. Hmm. Upon opening those up, the women, it was found that the women had been tortured, mutilated, and strangled. The women's bodies had then been folded in half and wrapped in electrical cords, one with a belt still wrapped tightly around her throat. Wait, the stension cord, he used it? Yes, for an even more nefarious purpose than beating a child. Wow. Yeah. So mom's crazy abuse went down and multiplied. Into. To Big Mike. Yep. Like and then demon. he used, oh, wow. Yeah. Extension cord times t- like 2.0. Definitely. Damn. Police found Madison at his mother's home, and after a short standoff, and why would you go back to the mom's home, I, I Mike? Told, he's not. He's not winning any awards for oh. smartness here. But he, they, he was arrested at, without further incident. Yeah, well, too so, bad a standoff. The the women found were Angela Deskins. Shatisha Sheely, Sherilda Helen Terry. Terry and Deskins had been strangled to death with a belt. Terry had also had severe vaginal and anal lacerations inflicted pre-mortem, which is just disturbing. Way. Angela Deskins, the first to be identified, was a quiet woman. She was 38 years old. She liked to wear blue jeans. Who doesn't? Black skirt or black shirts, and she had glasses. Uh, she had been missing since June 7, 2013, but was reported as officially missing. Um, not until July 1st. It wasn't the first time she had gone missing. Uh, she was also reported missing in 2009, which could be why her family didn't report her right, report her missing right away. She and Madison actually attended the same high school, Euclid High School, in 1994. She listed herself as a quote-unquote self-employed in customer service on her Facebook page. Hold on. It's called the Metaverse. Okay. Shit. Metaverse. I think I don't know. Got it. Meta. Something. Pretty sure back then it was not called that. I didn't know there was Facebook in 1994. Oh, you're saying 2009? Yeah. Or 2000, 2013. 2013. Okay. Yeah. Shatisha. Shatisha. Sh- oh, wow. Shatisha. Shatisha Sheely. There's sh- a lot of SHs. Hold on. She. Shatisha. Spelled she. Tisha. Yeah. Sheely. Okay. She. What? Shatisha Sheely. Gotcha. Shatisha. All right. She's a little bit of a tongue twister of a name. Yeah, like Sally. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Right, but that's not a name. That's a phrase. Anyway. Shatisha Sheely could be a phrase. Could be. Shatisha, Shatisha Sheely sells that's, seashells by the seashore. That's even harder. It's a pretty name, though. Yeah. So Sheely was a troubled and vulnerable woman. She lived alone. She was not employed. She'd had some trouble with the law. Who was, hasn't? Who hasn't? Yeah, she wasn't considered a habitual offender. She was 28. In September of 2012, Sheely was going to stop by her mother's house. 
Uh, her mother's name is Kim, to borrow some money, but she never showed up. This wasn't unusual for Sheely, but three months later when Sheely's brother was shot to death, how sad, uh, Sheely didn't show up to his funeral, and that's when Kim became really worried and, Look, and reported her daughter this missing. This is like East Cleveland. This is this is legit. I mean, her brother's dying. Yeah, and we got to get some less squeaky chairs in here, too. I like my chair. <laughs> I, got, I, I can't afford a new one. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, so Sherelda Helen Terry, she was only 18. She was last seen leaving her summer job at a Cleveland elementary school. How, that's very wholesome. Her yeah, yeah, it is. Her grandmother fact. said of her, she was a good girl. She was a hugger. We used to tease her that we were going to put her on a hug diet. Oh. Damn. I know. Her family put up missing posters and handed out flyers. She was last seen on July 10th, 2013. She had met Madison at some point and be- had begun texting with him. He told her that he was 25 years old and had no children, when in reality, he was 35 and had two children. This is like honest Tinder talk. Yeah, okay. I'm not married. I... I'm 10 years younger than I am, and, you know. I have no kids, yeah. Right. Yeah. The last text... Wait, the dude's got kids? Big Mike's yeah. got kids? Big Mike has two kids. That's bad. Uh-huh. Damn. The last text exchange between the two was Madison asking Terry if she was on her way to him, and she replied, yes, I'm Claire now. Claire being a street name. All right. Life lesson. Don't trust people on Tinder. I don't know. That's probably not a bad, you Like know, random people looking to hook up. Just, just verify. Just verify, Man. verify, Again, verify, I'm back to that. Right? Like, how can you, like, I would, I would, how I could this know. have stopped along the way? On July 19th, 2013, Madison was arre- arrested and questioned for several days. On July 21st, he had a four-page confession written for authorities. In it, he admitted that he had choked a woman to death in October of 2012. This was likely Shatisha Sheely. He just left her in his apartment while he went out for a few drinks, because that's casual. Who doesn't do that? Yeah. And after that, he, and these are his words, quote-unquote, folded her up. With a city, city stay like with stension cords? No, he just said, I folded her up. Oh, fo- no, he was like, he said stuff. He, he said was, stuff. He, he was, I folded her I, up. I went out drinking, and I folded that bitch up. No. I mean, he said disturbing things. He, he did. did. He literally said, folded her up. Man. Okay. I mean, I, he, no, that's not okay. That's, no, it's not. There's that's nothing okay up. That's about just it. not. Yeah. It's not okay. Uh, then he put her in some trash bags and moved her to the garage. Eventually, he moved her behind the garage. He said he didn't recall killing Terry or Deskin. I call, I call cap on that shit. I know. But that he did remember inviting Terry over and said that he was really drunk and high and remembers waking up next to a dead body. Who doesn't act like... Who doesn't? that's normal. I, like, that's my life. Call the cops. I get really drunk and high and... Oh, no. I don't remember waking up to dead bodies. Okay. Right. Anybody listening... It, it, okay. I'm for, be, have you ever woken up next to a dead body? Right. No. Mm-mm. No, I can't okay. say that. I Drinking, have. very high, fine. These things happen in life occasionally. Maybe mm-hmm. once, once in a while. No dead bodies. No. Mm-mm. It's like normal, not normal. Definitely not normal. Damn. I know. Anyway, at that point, he did the same thing that he had done before and folded her up and put her in trash bags. Folded her up. I folded her up. In a search of Madison's apartment, police found quite a bit of physical evidence, including bloodstains, a matching pillowcase to the sheet that uh, Terry was wrapped in, as well as a few personal effects from his victims. All in all, on May 5th, 2016, Michael Madison was found guilty in all three murders. Probably because he confessed. Because he did it. Because he did it. Because he's not healthy. No, he's not. Because his mom, the prostitute. The sex worker. The prostitute. Beat him with stunting cords. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was not, not a good mom. No. No. 
He was sentenced to death on May 20th. And that Baldwin dude could have stepped up. All right, moving well, on. Yeah, he could have, but he didn't. Should've. He denied He should have. He was even his kid. Should have. Yeah, he should have. Should have, would have, could have. Yeah. So during his sentencing, he smiled as he listened to the tearful victim impact statement that's from a, Sherelda's father. That's a dick move, by the way. Yeah, well, Sherelda's father got pissed. He launched across the courtroom. Yeah, right. I, I go. Yep. Oh, I don't know. What's that guy's name? I don't know. I'm going to call him like, good job. Like, good job, man. Yeah. Honestly, give that man five minutes in a room with that Madison dude. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's like the, the yeah, but like. So he, he well, he he launched across the room with his hands, reaching for Madison's neck. Cause good on him. Couldn't the cops just been like, I'll, I'll respond in a, like a minute, in a minute later. or two? Yeah. No, he was quickly restrained. No, they do their job. They did. You know, the court people. Yeah. On Friday, uh, oh no, sorry, sorry. Finally, on July twenty second, twenty twenty, the Ohio Supreme Court partially reversed portions of Madison's guilty verdicts, but upheld the death sentence for Madison in all three deaths. He's currently on death row at Southern Ohio Correctional Facility awaiting his execution. Death row. Yeah. And so his family is just sort of destined for tragedy because um, that's not the end of tragedy well, for Madison's family. kind of a broken family. family. Like it was, yeah. You know, so yeah. his mother was actually killed by her 18-year-old grandson, Jalen Plummer. Is that is that like Big Mike's kid? Mm-mm. No. It's a different kid. Yeah. So what, what, he what? had a half-brother. Oh, half-brother's kid. Mm-hmm. Killed, killed Grandma the prostitute. <laughs> His name was Jalen Plummer, and that happened in June of 2019. Probably because she did not nice shit to him. Yeah. Well, he stabbed her. You know her what? To, he stabbed, she wasn't a nice person. No. He stabbed her to death. Probably not okay either. Well, no, but it's awful. So he also stabbed... His brother, who was 12. Whoa. His sister, who was 10, right. and his cousin, who was 10. You know what, Jalen? Not cool either, dude. No. They were all staying, you know, with Madison's mother. Mm. The children were asleep at the time of the attack. Now, fortunately, the children all survived. All right. That is all right. Yeah. Like, I hope I hope they're okay and, you know. I hope so, too, because the whole thing is just a tragedy. Actually, I hope, Jay. I don't know. There's something going on there. I hope that's all okay, too. Yeah. So, um, obviously, I'll post our sources in the show notes. And there are pictures of of Sherelda, Shatisha, and Angela. Um, there's a picture of the house. And I've got two... The house is not a Christmas story house. It's not. Definitely not. I'm just putting not. that out there. And I've got two pictures of uh, Terry's father in the courtroom. Hey, much respect for Terry's father in this. Launching... Launching his hands at Madison's neck. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, seriously. So I wouldn't do that. Yep. That's the very sad story of um, Michael Madison and his three victims. You know, it's this is Cleveland, Ohio. And like Cleveland I like Cleveland. I like I like a lot of things about Cleveland. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even waste everybody's time about Cleveland and why I like it, but like Charles Manson is from Cleveland, and everyone knows about Charles Manson. Everybody knows about crazy, Charles Manson. crazy mofo, right? Like mm-hmm. at crazy, he was a dick, like a sick at, bastard. Sick bastard, yeah. Thank you. I needed words because there's a lot of words, but no one has heard about Big Mike. Well, I think some true crime enthusiasts would have, but um, a lot of people maybe who are just starting out in true crime or um, Mike. What is his name? Mike. Michael Madison. Mike Madison, not related to Billy Madison. No. Billy Madison's a fictional character. In my mind, he's real. Okay. I mean, it was a fun movie. I like Billy. And you know what? But I can't help to think, like, why why doesn't anyone know about Mike? And I think it's, you know, I don't know. Why why is that? I don't know. I think white serial killers are more popular for people to study right, than like black. Right, like Charles Manson was like, like this, 
He's so creepy. Yeah, he's crazy, but he's got these, like, I don't know. He's in some ways, like, I feel like the media is like, Charles Manson, we're going to talk about him. Cause I do. I feel that way. Mm-hmm. Like, Charles Manson's this dude who's white, and then Big Mike's this dude who's black, both from Cleveland, but, like, yeah, so they're... like no one's heard of Mike. I'm, I hope everyone learned something about Mike, and don't fuck around with stension cores when you have kids. <laughs> There's one pretty fairly right? Lessons. well-known black serial killer. His name's Craig Price. I, I I think we should cover him at I some point. I call him the Pricer. The Pricer. We should cover him at one point. Yeah. Um, pricer. Yeah, the Pricer. We will someday. We'll, but, we'll cover him. But this, is, this isn't this is about him. This isn't about the Pricer. Or this isn't about Manson. That's Big Mike. Again. I'm going to say goodbye D, to Big all Mike. All D-bags. Big Mike. Yeah. You know what? We're going to drop the mic on that. And that's it for episode three, Coward's Fury. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.